the freedom to gather together to seek you. And Lord, I just pray that you bless the message that Tim has for us today and also um, the children's message. Pray that um, you just reveal yourself to us today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So I just have a few announcements. Um, October 21st, that's when we're going to have our dwelling retreat. Um, it will be at the Adventure Serve, so I hope all of you can join us. Um, I don't know all the details, but I know it's going to be good. And uh, I think Paul and Nicholas are going to do the child care today, so they'll be with the kids. And um, anyone else have any announcements before we go into the kids' message? All right, so kids, if you would like to come to the front, John Edward will have a, a message for you guys. And then after John's message, Tim will come up and uh, he'll be sharing tonight. Oh, you took my chair. Sneaky little guy. Here, why don't you guys all stand in front of me? That would help. I guess the microphone stand is not a kid. Dude, we have so many kids and babies. There's like a bazillion of you. Like when I'm at school, I'm always making jokes whenever the kids are in the hallway, and I'm like, ah, there's a bunch of tiny tiny people around me. Ah, ah, and they're like, oh, Mr. John, stop. But anyways, there's a bunch of tiny people around me. Anyways, I'm not going to talk for very long, but... There's one idea in the Bible that I was reading yesterday when I was at work, when I should have been working, I guess. But it's something really neat to me, and I've never even like heard about it before. So I wanted to share it with you guys. Is that cool? The Bible says in at least three different places that we are the apple of God's eye. Does that mean that God's eyes are like big red apples? Probably not. No. More fiery than that. So what does it mean if it's going to say it three times? When your parents say something three times, hopefully you'll get the point by then. I know I took about three bazillion. Leon laughing. Yeah, I got it on three. Um, so... I was looking into it. What does this mean? I am the apple of God's eye. You beautiful children, the, the apples of God's eye. And what it means, the, the word there is the, what we would call the pupil. You know that we have like in the middle of our eye, there's that black place. And so that's what it is. And just funny that it would be the apple of the eye. But anyways, you know, when you look someone in the eyes, like when I look Cohen right in the eyes, what am I going to see back? What are you going to see back when you look right into someone's eyes? You're going to see your own face looking back at you. And so that's what it means when the Lord says that we are the apple of his eye, that we it's like. We are, in fact, I was reading um, someone's take on it all, and it said that we are the little man inside of God's eye. 
basically saying when we look into God clearly, right into His eyes, right into His face, that that's when we see the reflection of who we're really supposed to be, what we're really like, literally in His eyes. So that's what I wanted to tell you guys tonight, is that the way that you will see the real you is when you look Jesus right in His eyes. And it's not hard to do it. It's not hard to look up here at the front, is it? Maybe for Finney it is. But it's not that hard. You just look. And that's exactly what you can do. There's no barrier between you and God anymore. You get to look as much as you want. And every time you do, you'll see the real you. So I'm just going to pray over you guys and then we'll move on with the night. Um, so let's pray together. And everyone join with me in praying over the kids. It's so important. Thank You, Lord, that a light has come. That, that these children are the, the answer that Isaiah 60 says. Arise, shine, for Your light has come. And it's Christ that's in them that is the light of the world. And we pray that God, these children would just be mirrors that You Yourself look at and You are reflected into the world. Father, we pray against every drive and force spiritually or culturally that tries to teach them who they are and what they're supposed to be like. And we pray that You would just make them so deaf to hearing what the world and what the demonic kingdom has to say about them. They would just be unable to hear it and register it. And we just speak over them just like Jesus did when He, he put His fingers in the deaf man's ears. We just say that to them. We, put, we pray, Father, for You to put Your fingers in their ears and say, be open to them for them to be open to what You have to say about them. You are the only one with words of life, Lord Jesus. Thank You for speaking to the children and through the children. And we pray that You would, just like You did in Your ministry, such a special part of Your ministry, was that You laid Your hands on the children and blessed them. And I pray that You would do that again this evening. And we love and kiss You, Jesus. You are the best. Amen. Amen. You want to do one of these or not this time? We don't have to. It's okay. We don't have to do one this time. Timothy. Second Timothy. We had First Timothy a couple weeks ago. Here's Second Timothy. Well, what a blessed time of worship tonight. Uh, by the way, that playlist was made up by Trenton. Thank you, Trenton. And, and I should say, too, that if any of you guys, others, feel led to come up with a playlist, we'd be glad to have you do that. Okay? Just get in touch with me. I'll tell you what we need, and, and we'll go from there. But uh, it's a, always a blessing to me to be able to um, worship through other people's eyes, if you will. And um, tonight it was really good and disconcerting at the same time because I thought I knew what I was going to share with you guys. And all of a sudden, all this other stuff just started. And actually, we, when we were praying before the service, I said, Lord, 
I said this out loud. Just let your spirit come and move if we need to go a different direction. Well, here we go. <laughs> uh, because some of this at least is going to be a little different than I had anticipated. Um, and I also will sort of give you a heads up because in the middle of this, one of the things that's going to be a little different is I'm going to open up a time for sort of testimony, testify time. Uh, and I'll explain that a little more as we go along. But if you have something that you feel like that you wanted to share with the body here, I'm going to make some time right in the middle of this to be able to do that. Okay? So let's pray. Father, we just come before you now grateful for your presence with us. Lord, there's nothing else that we want but to be in your presence. And we just so we just praise you and thank you. Ask now, Lord, that you would just through your spirit, just blow through this place. Lead us, guide us, speak to our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. So two weeks ago, what the Lord laid on my heart was the concept of a foundation of faith. Um, when I was done, I knew that there was more. I didn't know it was going to be in two weeks. So the Lord is stretching me a little bit, but that's okay. So what, if I had to put a title on what the Lord gave me for tonight, it is Radical Reliance on Faith. Hang on. <laughs> I wanted to actually expand a little bit, a bit on the concept of the foundation of faith, which is so critical for everything that we do, and talk about moving into what is actually involved at least a little bit. Because, I mean, to me, this topic is huge, okay? We could probably spend a lot more time, well, I know we could spend a lot more time on this than we are going to tonight. But actually walking in faith and radical reliance on faith. So to start with, let's just sort of talk just a little bit about some of the things they're involved in walking by faith. So first of all, in the, in the foundational part, we talked about this. The very basic foundation of faith is God's Word. We have to know God's Word. It's the very foundation of everything we do. If we don't know it, how can we act on it, right? And so that is just a fundamental thing. We have to know God's Word. We have to be in the Word. We have to be reading the Word and knowing what's going on. So that's one thing. We have to know His Word. Second was the thing that Sue mentioned three weeks ago, I think it was, and that is prayer. Prayer is such a vital component to everything that we do, really, and is certainly a vital component of faith. We've got to be in prayer to discern His will in all things. Another thing, walking in faith requires obedience. If you're walking in faith and you're not being obedient, it's sort of worthless, right? And once you understand what's going on and the Lord has put this deep in your heart, then there's almost always an element of some kind of obedience. So we have to be obedient to what the Lord is telling us and showing us. Another aspect seems sort of opposite to what I just said, and that's rest. Um, 
Sometimes acting on something is the easiest thing to do, right? Sometimes not acting and resting and waiting on the Lord is actually more difficult to do. We see this thing, and we feel like the Lord is showing us that these things are coming, and yet His timing is perfect, and we can't jump ahead of that timing. So it's critical. So not acting sometimes is actually just as important as another component, which is action. Because sometimes the faith that we are given and are reading about calls us to do something. Sometimes that's a difficult thing, but we do it because out of faith we are responding to what the Lord through the Holy Spirit has told us is something that we need to do. So it's sort of this dichotomy thing because we, in, in one instance we have this action thing that needs to happen and sometimes it's non-action or rest. Okay? So, knowing His Word, prayer, obedience, rest, and action. And then let's talk a little bit about some of the outcomes or results of walking in faith. One of those is joy. Did you ever think about that? When our actions are dictated by faith, there is a joy that we can have that we're following in the path that the Lord has chosen for us. There can be joy in that. There is thankfulness. When we're responding in faith to a situation, we can have the assurance that we're doing His will. Assuming we are basing this on the Bible and the things the Lord has told us, right? The results of that can produce thankfulness. Being thankful for His guidance, His provision, that we're being used for the furtherance of the kingdom. So many possible different things involved in that that we can be thankful for. Another aspect is peace. Because when we're doing the will of God that is based on His Word, we have an understanding that this isn't up to us. Psalm 37.5 says, Give God the right to direct your life. And as you trust Him along the way, you'll find He pulled it off perfectly. Walking in faith can eliminate much of the stress and anxiety because we're being faithful to His Word. Right? Another aspect is life and health. You know, the concept of healing in the Bible is so directly tied to faith. You, you can't separate them. And I want to read just a, a short passage of Scripture here that talks about this specifically. And it's, it's the point at which um, the woman is washing Jesus' feet with her hair and, and the perfume. Okay, So this is in Luke 44.50. Then Jesus spoke to Simeon about the woman still weeping at his feet. Do you see this woman kneeling here? She's doing for me what you didn't bother to do. When I entered your home as your guest, you didn't think about offering me water to wash the dust off of my feet. Yet she came into your home and washed my feet with her many tears and then dried my feet with her hair. You didn't even welcome me into your home with the customary kiss of greeting. But from the moment I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. 
You didn't take the time to anoint my head with fragrant oil, but she anointed my head and feet with the finest perfume. She has been forgiven all of her many sins. This is why she has shown me such extravagant love. But those who assume they have very little to be forgiven for will love me very little. Then Jesus said to the woman at his feet, All of your sins are forgiven. All the dinner guests said among themselves, Who is the one who can even forgive sins? Then Jesus said to the woman, and Hear this, Your faith in me has given you life. Now you may leave and walk in the ways of peace. It's a powerful thing what the Lord does to us when we are forgiven, when we worship Him as we were doing here just a moment ago. But He says, your faith in me has given you life. I didn't go back into the Greek in this, but I just about guarantee you that's sozo. Would that not be a good guess? Anybody know? No? Uh, which we talked about two weeks ago. Life, health, healing, all those things. Now you may leave and walk in the ways of peace. Another aspect that comes as a result of our faith is confidence. Hebrews 10.35 says, So don't lose your bold, courageous faith, for you are destined for a great reward. When we're acting in faith based on the Word of God, we have the confidence of a foundation that is rock solid and never changes. It allows us to have a bold, courageous faith. And courage is another aspect. 2 Corinthians 5, 6-10. through 10. That's why we're always full of courage. Even while we are at home in the body, we're homesick to be with the Master. For we live by faith, not by what we see with our eyes. We live with a joyful confidence. Yet at the same time, we take delight in the thought of leaving our bodies behind to be at home with the Lord. So whether we live or we die, we make it our life's passion to live our lives pleasing to Him. For one day, we will all be openly revealed before Christ on His throne, so that each of us will be duly recompensed for our actions done in life, whether good or bad. Courage. Courage to stand up. Courage to have the faith to do the things that the Lord is calling us to do, because it is written right there in the Word, and we will act on that. And the other aspect I wanted to mention to you was the aspect of glorifying God. 1 Peter 1, 5-7 through Through our faith, the mighty power of God constantly guards us until our full salvation is ready to be revealed in the last time. May the thought of this cause you to jump for joy. There's that word again. Even though lately you've had to put up with some grief of many trials. Does that sound familiar? Can you have joy and be in the middle of trials? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a blessing. But these only reveal the sterling core of your faith, which is far more valuable than gold that perishes. For even gold is refined by fire. Your authentic faith will result in even more praise, glory, and honor when Jesus, the Anointed One, is revealed. So, the results of faith, all these good things, all these things that require action or maybe inaction that we talked about, 
but it's all a critical component of where we are today in our living. I fully believe that if we are going to step into the position that the Lord has for us, that this faith component is a critical factor. And I believe the Lord wants to increase our faith. And this is right where, when we were worshiping, I felt like the Lord wanted me to just open this up for a time of testimony. I'll explain a little bit more here in a moment why. Before I even had that feeling going on, I felt led to ask Laura to come up and share something that she shared with us the other night at our home group. So Laura, would you come on up here for a moment and share about your daughter? Last, um, I think it was June, my daughter got a letter from her doctor and all it said was, because of your recent test results, you have um, third stage kidney disease. There wasn't anything more that they said. They didn't explain anything when she called them. They didn't give them, it didn't give her any more information. They just said, you need to call a specialist and get into a specialist as soon as you can. So she was terrified because she still has two children at home. And so she called to try to get into the specialist. And the earliest that the specialist could get her in was September. This was in June. So she called me and we were talking and I said, you know, I've been wanting to go to this naturopath for a while now. Why don't we go ahead and schedule you to get in with her and we'll just see if she has something that will help, you know, and then we'll at least be actively doing something instead of just waiting for whatever they're going to tell you in September. So anyway, we did. We went to the naturopath. She gave us a program to follow, which all made perfect sense to me. So last Wednesday, not this week, week before, she and I went to the specialist because she wanted me to go with her because she, she said, at this point, if the specialist just tells me I've got stage two instead of stage three, I'll feel encouraged and I'll feel more like I don't need to be kind of making preparations, you know. So we went to the specialist. She went and she'd gone to have blood work the week before. So when she came out of the specialist, she had this strange look on her face, and I couldn't tell whether that was good news, bad news. I just, I didn't know, so I had to wait till we got in the hall. And I said, so what did he say? And he, she said, he looked at all my results, and he looked at me, and he said, why are you here? And she said, because my doctor told me I have stage 3 kidney disease, and that... I need to come to a specialist. He said, you don't have any kidney disease. Your, your test results, the, the earlier test results were not great, but your current test results so that you're, so shows that your kidney is perfectly healthy and whole and well. And she's 100%. So I just wanted to share, God's still in the business. Amen. Okay, somebody else, anybody else like to share? Don't have to, I just felt like I was supposed to open up the floor. 
So if you couldn't hear that in the back, I'll just repeat it quickly. Um, Dr. Paul Rader was president of Asbury at that time, I think it was still university, um, before Sandy Gray, and he has recently had a, a stroke. Is that what you said? And uh, is in tough condition. His daughter and family have moved back from Seoul, Korea, where they were missionaries to to try to be with him and uh, help in that situation. So we can lift up the Raider family. What? Come on, Barbara. You can do it. Well, I shared about my cousin Victoria probably three months ago because I haven't left. I came back last week after several months. And um, she's going to be here November. Uh, it's going to be Thanksgiving week. Um, and Kara's told me that she doesn't know if we're having like Friendsgiving again or because, you know, because the thing is her flight leaves on the 27th. So I don't know if she could actually come to our thing. But um, long story short, she got through her surgery. She had um, brain surgery. She had a tumor on her pituitary gland. And um, this was this was from an uh, incredible accident that happened when she was nine years old. She was run over by a truck. And uh, I won't go into all that. But the point is, she's she's been doing great. Um, she's on my mom's side of the family, and my mom's side of the family, are, I love them with all my mind, mind and heart and soul, and they're a crazy bunch, you know. <laughs> but um, she's one of the shining lights. Um, I mean, I hate to say it, but I don't really know how many Christians are on. You know, I'm just saying it's just maybe different faiths, but she's just the shining light, and I'm just so glad that she's going to be coming, and I hope she could come if we're going to be here or even to, if we have the friends, Friendsgiving. So I just want to give that report. Great. Thank you. Yeah, Joseph. Uh there's um, probably a lot of things I could share just testimony-wise, you know. But the bottom line is just that um, I feel like the sheep in the 23rd Psalm, you brought me, you know, he brought me into green pasture. And so I'm just really thankful about that. And um, I guess a couple little things to share. Uh, I sent out the text to the, to the church family yesterday about the uh, Feast of Tabernacles event. And it was just such a sweet time. The kids were really, like, just being able to have the, we had tents set up and being able to use that as an object lesson. And um, I really felt that God answered our prayer to for many of them to just open their hearts to receive Him. And then uh, afterwards, I was talking, like that evening, last night when I was tucking Solon into bed, uh, I asked him about it, and um, he didn't he didn't really have anything to say about that. But then I was thinking about you know he got baptized a few weeks ago, and I said and I asked him about that. I was like, you remember you got baptized? I said, yeah. I said, you remember what that means? He's like, it means I'm going to follow Jesus. <laughs> so I'm just thankful here. You know that's that's in there with him. So anybody else? Come on.
do this stuff a lot, so don't blame me if it's bad, but I don't know. God's pushed my heart in this way before, and so I felt the familiar sensation again. It's both kind of scary and amazing. So, well, I've been reading this book called Like a Mighty Wind about this Indonesian who's a Christian and, well, basically, it's a recount of miracles he's witnessed and, I don't know, it's amazing. But one of the points it makes that I thought was really important is that many people, for one, they... They take the Bible and don't take it seriously. They think, like, take when when Jesus healed the blind man. Um, many people, I've noticed, take it to things like, oh, well, back then he healed people like this, but now he's he wants it to be like a, um, what's the word? I don't know. Like, he wants it to mean now that we are spiritually blind and he needs to heal us but well i mean yes he does want us to be like that but he wants us also to realize that he heals people now as you said he he's healing people even not just spiritually but also physically and it's important to take part of that because he called us to go among the nations and preach his word and so it's important to realize that, I think. Amen. You're absolutely right. Anybody else? Um, I would like to share about... Um, I'm just grateful for the journey that the the Lord has taken me this past year and a half. Um, I've learned just in the time of waiting um, can reveal a lot about yourself and who you are. And the time of waiting is is the most challenging, especially when you don't understand. Um, Like, I didn't understand the season that I was in. Um, I felt like I was sacrificing a lot, just like time, time with my family. Um, But just in that... Um, the Lord has just taught me to trust in who He is and His His character, just to continue to confess um, His promises and and who He is. Like His thoughts for us are thoughts of peace and of hope. Um, like. Lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Just, it has led me to confess in his goodness, 
even in the midst of the challenges I faced. Um, and I'm, I'm so grateful. Um, I was in a challenging job, and, and then through that, he really changed my, my attitude and my, my view um, of the challenge because challenges in our lives increase our steadfastness. Um, and also, he completely changed my view in the sense of we can look at it in a different perspective. Um, challenges is an opportunity, is an invitation from the Lord to increase our capacity to trust in him and his goodness. Um, so that's that's what I've, I've learned this past year and a half. And you were talking about not rushing God's timing. Um, so I had to I had to go through a challenging season, and then now God has opened a new door for me um, to work at the seminary. But you know I wouldn't have been ready if I hadn't learned those lessons. And I'm I'm so grateful that that season wasn't prolonged because <laughs> I I was stubborn. I was I was stubborn at first, um, but God is so good. He's so kind. Um, he knows our our weaknesses, and He knows how to speak to us. When we are His sheep, we can hear His voice, and if we truly desire to to really hear from Him, He He will speak and He will reveal. Um, he'll reveal all our weaknesses and the things that we need to lay before him. So, yeah, that's my testimony. Thank you, Adani. Anybody else? Okay, I have a, uh, a little thing to share this week. Um, it was a really interesting week. It's good. Yeah. So I'm going to really shorten this down and give you the sort of the highlights here, if you will, some of the low lights. Um, Tuesday while I was at school through a whole process of thing, in essence, I ended up falling. And I don't mean just a little fall, I mean a big fall. And uh, landed on my hip and my elbow and my hand. And at the time it didn't seem like all that big a deal, but those of you who are anywhere approaching my age know that <laughs> like the next few hours and days, like just become problematic, and they certainly did, uh, to the point where I was physically almost unable to stand up. I was in so much pain. And um, this was the morning after that happened, and Deb's leaving to go to school. I didn't have a sub-job that day, so it wasn't an issue from that standpoint. She said, you need to let the folks in the home group know what's going on. Because I'm always really good about telling them to let us know if something's going on and we can pray for them. I'm not so good on the other end. She said it. She was right. She's not here to hear me say that. But she was right. And um, so um, 
So I did that. I mean, I, I sent out a text to explain to everybody what was going on. I also called my sister and told her. And um, almost immediately after that happened, I was sitting in my chair, which was the only place I could find any kind of comfort, actually. And I immediately felt just a really strong sense of the presence of the Lord. And I don't know if you remember, but two weeks ago I talked, one of the things I talked about was a thing that I read where a pastor was up on the platform and as he was praying for people, people were holding out their hands and he felt like there were streams of light that were coming into him from them. This was what I felt. I mean, literally, because people had already responded to my text and my sister, I had talked with her and so forth. I just felt this flood of faith coming in to me from other people. And at the same time, I was feeling the presence of the Spirit just flowing through me. And all I can tell you is that it was absolutely a healing thing because right after that, I felt the Lord saying that I needed to get up and go exercise. And I'm thinking... Lord, <laughs> and so I got up and it was like, hmm. And the bottom line is then I, I went and actually exercised on my machine at home for like an hour, which is pretty heavy stuff with no pain. And there's just, there's no question in my mind that at that moment that I was telling you about, the Lord came in and absolutely touched my body. I want to testify to His healing for me. I've still had some pain, soreness, because I did some stupid things and I'm sort of paying the price for that. Now, He can heal all that too. I'm, I'm not saying that. But I have some, you know, just residual soreness and so forth. But it's nothing like what it was. Nothing. So, before the healing Part, right before that, when Deb told me that I should call everybody, I left this out. I need to, because this is important to what I'm saying. I had dropped her off at school and I went and parked in the chiropractor's parking lot. They didn't open until 8 30. It was 8 o'clock. I was sitting there watching my phone, ready to call. And so as soon as that <laughs> became 8 30, I could go in there. And I, I just prayed. I said, Lord, am I supposed to go into this place or not? And it's like right away I heard just a little. No. Okay, so I went home, and that's when all this other stuff happened. I, I sent out the text, and, and the Lord healed. Okay, so this is not in any way to just... Wow, it got louder all of a sudden. Um, not to... Ah, that's all right. We got a button pusher in the back. I think we can make it. We can make it all right. It's, it's the red one on the left. Just pull it down a little bit. Anyway, um, I just want to testify because I want to encourage you. I want you to be encouraged. Our God is absolutely in, in the business of healing, in the business of increasing our faith. Okay? And... It's nothing that we can do. None of these things that were mentioned tonight are things that we accomplished. It's Him. And 
I believe that he wants us, now put it back up just a little bit, please. Um, he wants us to learn and to grow. He wants our faith to grow. Okay? I didn't intend to do all that, but I felt like that was an important part of what the Lord wanted to do here this evening. So, now I want to sort of close this up a little bit. And basically, what I've titled this is, this section of it is, okay, so what is our response as a body of dwelling ministries to walking in faith, to these things that I believe the Lord is wanting us to learn? We've already mentioned rest. And and it's no surprise to any of you, because this has openly been talked about in here, that we've, as a body, have been called to rest in this season, to wait on the Lord. We don't know exactly what this is going to look like, but we believe that there is a powerful move of the Lord that is coming beyond anything that we can comprehend, really, fathom. We got a little glimpse back in February, March, but it's certainly not anything that we can make happen in the flesh again. Okay, Though we don't see in the natural, we have faith that in the Lord's perfect timing, this will happen. So for dwelling ministries right now, what does that mean for us? And these are some things, as I was praying about this, that the Lord put on my mind that I want to share with you. First of all, we're supposed to persevere in all things. The enemy wants us to get worn out. He wants to cast doubt in us when things are not going perfectly or anything like that, when we don't see the results. He wants us to give up. Faith says we can't do that. It's what we believe, not what we see. We have to persevere. Secondly, we have to be obedient. When the Lord calls us to do something, we need to do that. Okay? And so, whatever that is, and even there are times when it just doesn't necessarily make sense, it really didn't make sense for me to leave the chiropractor's office in the natural. It didn't. But, in fact, I sent Deb a text and she said, you mean you're leaving? (laughs) Yes, and she said, okay. Um, Yeah, we've got to be obedient when we, we hear things. Third thing is we need to seek Him diligently. It has to be a focus in our lives. It's not a casual relationship. He's looking for people who are committed and will seek Him. We as a body need to share the good news, the gospel news, at every opportunity. Do we really do that? I challenge myself right there. We need to look for those opportunities and listen to the Spirit talking about sharing our faith and the good news, the gospel, and what that means to us. Here's a hard one. We need to seek unity in the body of Christ. We've, we've, we've heard this talked about just recently before, and I think Travis mentioned that my father-in-law talked about how one of the hardest things to have happen is unity in the body. That isn't rah-rah, let's have a community meeting when everybody comes together in the same place. That's not what I'm talking about. And I'm not putting that down. Don't misunderstand me. But I'm talking about unity in the Spirit. Okay, when we, If we have a meeting like that, we walk away united in the Spirit 
agreeing upon what the Lord is telling us to do. That's where we come into unity. Two more things. We're supposed to devour the Word of God after all. That's our source, right? That's the source of our faith. Again, if we don't know it, how can we apply that? We have to devour the Word. And then we have to stand in unwavering faith on the foundation that the Lord has shown us that is there. His Word says this, I stand on this, nothing's going to convince me otherwise. We have to stand. So I was seeking the Lord about this whole thing. I said, Lord, so where are we as dwelling? And and I just, this is the picture that the Lord gave me. And I would say that this is, this is one of the aspects. <laughs> I've given you a lot of aspects about faith. This is one aspect of where we are, but I believe it's valid. And it deals with the day of Pentecost in the upper room. Because in that day of Pentecost, there are 120 people who were up there, little circle of believers that had met because the Lord told them to go and wait. And they had been there for a long time and nothing had happened. So why else would they would be there? Well, number one, they were being obedient to what the Lord told them to do and they had to have some kind of faith that something was going to happen, right? They had to have questions, don't you think? I, I, I can't imagine being in that situation with not wondering. Uh, maybe that's my lack of faith. Suddenly, and that's a word, by the way, that if Travis were ever to take the time to go in and talk about the word suddenly and its correlation with dwelling ministries, it's a massive thing. That's an important word for us. But suddenly, there came from heaven, not born out of a man's emotionalism, but by faith, there came the sound of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house where they were sitting, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And from that moment forward, things were never the same. The impact of their faith to believe what Jesus said is almost comp impossible to comprehend. We have the benefit, I believe, because we already have the Holy Spirit. That was unknown to them. This was something totally new to them. And so then the question becomes in my mind, so what is our responsibility then as this body, as individuals? I believe the Lord wants to increase our faith and He wants to use us. I believe that we as dwelling ministries and the body of Christ at large, not just us, are being called to participate in, radical, in a radical reliance on faith. Foundation, which is the Word of God. Are we ready to take the steps as led by the Holy Spirit, regardless of how that may look to other people, the criticism that may ensue, and the cost? By the way, sometimes that cost is a literal financial cost. Sometimes it's reputation. Sometimes it's friendship being ostracized. Are we willing to pay the price, the cost of being radically reliant on our faith? Our mission statement as a body here is welcoming the presence of God to permeate every segment of society. 
Is that not totally faith-based? And there's no way to do that. We can't see the presence of God. Physically, see it. We feel it. We feel His Spirit. But we welcome His presence. We can only act upon the Word that gives us promises about who He is and gives us direction for our lives. Everything is built upon that foundation of faith. If we're going to fulfill our calling, it has to be by faith and all that that entails. When our foundation of faith is properly built, all the other aspects of our identity in Christ will be in proper alignment. And so we need to pray for increased faith. And here in just a moment, I'd like to spend just a little bit of time doing exactly that. Huddling up into small groups. Maybe it's one other person. Maybe it's two or three people. That's up to you. I'm not trying to force anything here. But I feel like we need to pray for more faith. For supernatural. Faith that goes beyond what is in the natural. Supernatural. You know, and this is the thing, the last thing that the Lord showed me during our worship time. In Hebrews 11, where it gives the examples of the what I call the hall of faith. And it lists all these people by faith. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And it lists all these guys. And they were all individuals. The picture that I got as we were worshiping tonight, and the music was just swirling around me, was, look what God did with each one of those individual things. It was massively important and critical, and created faith that allowed some amazing things to happen. What if we as a body really dig into this faith thing and supernaturally believe and act on our faith? I believe the Lord is wanting to create an army of faith. We don't need bazookas, <laughs> machine guns, anything like that. We need faith. That's our weapon. And if he has a group of people who are committed by faith to do all that is entailed by that to do his will, the potential for just some radical things to happen just almost blows my mind. You know, in the Bible, when it talks about you shall do greater things than these, that's, that's one of those where I just sort of raise my eyebrows. Because, man, you talk about faith. That takes a lot of faith to believe. But it's there. Are we going to suddenly say, well, everything's true except that one little sentence there that doesn't know. To me, that's not an option. It's just not an option. So, I just believe that the Lord has us in this place for the growing of our faith. That's why I felt like he was leading me to have people testify here tonight. Because when we hear those testimonies, it increases our faith. We see that God is still moving. The enemy doesn't want us to testify, right? He wants us to be quiet about that stuff. But we cannot do that. We cannot. And so... My challenge to you tonight is to seek the Lord about the state of your faith and where He wants 
you to grow. I can't imagine that there's anybody in here that has fully made it. As much as I love all of you, I will only say for myself, I know that I have not arrived. And I believe that there's room for all of us to grow in that. I wanted to read one last verse, and it's something that John Edward actually read in our prayer time tonight, and it's um, Psalm 27, just the last couple of verses of it. Here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up perseverance. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. Be brave and courageous and never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting for He will never disappoint you. There you go. He will never disappoint you. So I'd like to take a few moments and that few is going to be determined by you. I'm not putting a time limit or minimum or anything like that. But I'd like to just gather around and take some time just to pray. See what the Lord is telling you about faith. Any way that you can respond in a tangible way, that's between you and Him and the Spirit. But I felt like that's how we're supposed to end this evening. Okay, So you guys could just sort of Go to wherever you'd like to. I'll sit up here. If anybody wants to come up here, you're welcome to do that. When you're done, you're welcome to go. And I just thank you for being here. Trust that the Lord will just continue to speak to you as you leave this place. Be blessed.